Well, good morning, everybody. Um, I hope everybody's having a good Sunday and had a good week. Um, I'm very uh, thankful for everyone. Uh, thank you for the card you guys sent me. It was a uh, it was a blessing because it came at a time I actually really needed it. So I uh, thank you for all that. Um, an update: I've just finished all my the second year. I've got all my classes passing. I passed my sophomore platform, which was uh, either. If I didn't pass it, I would have to change my major to a different major. It was a very big deal. I had to perform three songs in front of all the music teachers in the program and the dean of music to prove that I had the capability of continuing as a music major. And when I finished, I actually felt really bad and I started praying. And when the dean of music herself came up to me and she's like, you've been improving so much. I'm actually grateful for uh, what you've done. And she told me that I had passed. So... Thank the Lord for that. I'm, a, I'm continuing as a music major now. Um, uh, I have great friends that I've made that we have like a really tight bond with. I'm in, I've met new people throughout the, this past year too, who I've just who's come in my life and has helped me become the person who I am now, and built and still building me spiritually too. And just having uh, able to do devotionals, something that I just started a year ago which I've never done before, really. And I've had people who helped me help me focus and reading through the Bible, just talking to each other, and just having a good time fellowshipping uh, on the weekends or every night, depending on how our work schedules and our school schedules are going. All right. Um, so today I'm going to be talking about uh, characteristics of a good leader. And uh, we're going to turn to uh, Proverbs 26. <coughs> So, uh, yeah. <laughs> and, oh, sorry. Proverbs 25, 1 through 5. Proverbs 25, 1 through 5. And the, the God's Word says, There are also Proverbs of Solomon, which the men of Hezekiah, king of Judah, copied out. It is the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the honor of kings is to search out a matter. The heaven for height and the earth for depths, the heart of, of kings is unsearchable. Take away the dross from the silver, and the, these shall come forth a vessel for the finer. Take away the wicked from, be from before the king, and his throne shall be established in righteousness. All right, let's go to God in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this day that you've given us, Lord. Uh, just I pray right now, just give me uh, the knowledge you want need and the wisdom to t- speak about your word, Lord. Just uh, help me preach what you want me to preach and just have a good message for you, Lord. And help us throughout the day, through the day, and everybody go, gets home well. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right. Some people are born natural leaders, and some people are born natural followers, which isn't a bad thing. But it doesn't, just because you're a follower does not mean you have no leadership. Most of us, a lot of us, don't really have natural abilities to come and lead a group of people just out of nowhere. You guys have to build, and how do you build? By following. And then you pick up leadership skills throughout one after another. In, in Proverbs here, Solomon acknowledges that God is greater than the kings. 
God knows the knows wisdom of the universe, and all the wisdom is found in Him Himself. God reveals to uh, His wisdom to the kings who search for it, not just because He wants to give it to it. He really wants to give the wisdom to us as leaderships, uh, leaders or followers, but we have to be willing to search for it. We can't just expect Him to give it to us. A king is is a subordinate to God. He has to be under God. He has to always focus his life to God and be there for him or a leader. It doesn't have to be just a king. And even a follower has to be, uh, remember that God is the, the one you have to follow and serve. God's role is to, I mean, king, a king's role is to fear God. That is to be able to fear him, but also want to get his wisdom for yourself and to rely on him for anything that you really need in the future or during right in the present state that you're in. A king's role is to tie, <coughs> tie to God his, uh, su- <coughs> excuse me, his uh, ability to make God, well, his ability to make God has to be coming from God. I'm, I'm sorry. His ability to do things has to come from God. He has to be able. He has to be putting all his faith on God to go through, uh, to continue going through and being godly. Because if he doesn't, he's going to just stray away, like some of the kings from King, the Book of Kings, and the Northern Kingdom, which just started doing calf uh, worship or Baal worshiping throughout, and just forgot about God and wanted to put things in their own hands. Uh, None of us will probably ever be kings, which because we don't live in the monarchy. But that doesn't mean that we don't have leadership. Everybody has had a position or has a position of leadership. If it's either at home, being the father of the family, a church, being the pastor and the leader of the church, being uh, the uh, the leader in your in your job, the manager, uh, or in the military, being the sergeant, the captain. Um, Everywhere you go, there's a leadership position. Even if you're the follower, you st- they sometimes put you a leader with the group of people. You might not realize it, but you're leading a people, and you have to be focused. Because if not, what will happen? You will stray away. And if you don't have God in your mind, you will end up straying away and leading these people to do things that you shouldn't without you realizing. So you should always have God in your mind. When... Uh, We've, we've led, and we've also followed. And following has built. Um, Bible says responsibility is not rights. Uh, service is not power. And obedience is not taking sides. Uh, turn to Joshua five thirteen through 15. Joshua 13 verses uh, 13 I mean Joshua 5 verses 13 through 15 Joshua 5 verses 13 through 15 And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted his eyes and looked and behold there stood a man against him with a sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went up upon him and said unto him, 
Art thou for us or for our adversaries? And he said, Nay, but as captain of the host of the Lord I am, am I now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship and said unto him, What saith my Lord unto his servant? And the, cap, and the captain of the Lord's host said unto Joshua, Loose thy shoes from thou, thy feet, for the place whereon thou standest is holy. And Joshua did so. In this passage, God's point is God doesn't come here to doesn't come to us to pick a side. What we decide. Oh, we, he doesn't come and says, "Oh yeah, I want you this." He comes to take charge. He comes to he comes to us and says, "You're going to do what I want you to do, and I'm going to give you the path. Now, uh, now follow it." And most of us end up now like most of us end up following, but but when those days we will always end up choosing and picking a different path and straying away from it. But God always tries to find a way to put you back in the path, no matter how far you are away from Him. <clears throat> he, always try, he always takes charge of your life and pulls you back, as much, even if it means hurting you, because God's grace is just like that. God's grace isn't just happiness. It's also Him pulling, pulling and tugging your heart, saying, I need you back. I need you to come with me. I... I People think God's grace is just, oh, he's really happy. He comes and just makes, makes us happy, makes us uh, feel better. But sometimes we don't listen to him. Sometimes we're just little kids who will close their ears and you're like, la, 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 I can't hear you. You know, we have, and then what he does is some, he tugs our hearts where we, it hurts the most just a little bit. And, it's, and he just keeps tugging and tugging until you come back to him. And, and then he'll start replacing what he hurt because he loves us that way. Um, in the in the in this by saying this, there are ten ways, uh, uh, ten characteristics a leader should be. The same way God is a leader to us. The first one, a leader needs to have wisdom. Proverbs twenty eight, twenty verse eight says, "A king that sitteth in the throne of judgment." scattereth away all evil with his eyes. All leaders must have God's wisdom. Jesus himself was filled with wisdom in the, in, when he was here. In Luke 2.40, it says, And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. We can't move on our lives without having wisdom from God. Wisdom isn't knowledge. That, that's what people confuse it with. Wisdom is way more than knowledge. It's being able to see farther than just knowledge in front of us. Uh, this, it's, it's more of a spiritual sense in us that says that helps us decide whether things are going right. Because God puts, puts it in us. The Holy Spirit is talking through us, through wisdom, to tell us, oh, this is a bad idea. This is this shouldn't be doing this. You should lead the people towards God doing this, this, and this. You can't. You just can't go ahead and just do things by. Oh, I know how to do this, so I'm just going to do it this way. I'm going to build a house, and I don't. And I, but I feel like the foundation would be better in triangles. I mean, not triangles, in uh, diamonds. Okay, that that's not going to work. You got to build a really good foundation on the house. You can't just do it because you think the knowledge you have is good enough. The house eventually will fall. You have to be able to search and look for the wisdom 
in other people and find out how to build a house properly. Another thing, number two, integrity. In Proverbs sixteen seventeen, it is an abomination to kings to commit wickedness, for the throne is established by righteousness. A personal integrity is demonstrated by who we are and what we do when no one is looking. <laughs> Back in college, <coughs> uh, the job I have is uh, in, it's called environmental services. We work inside. We're working with carpets. We clean carpets with different types of chemicals. Most of the time, I'm working by myself. So I, and keeping my integrity is being able to finish the job, and as soon as I'm done, I call up my supervisor and say, where do you want me to go? You have to be ready. I've met guys where they're just standing there, or sitting there for a good hour, sleeping after they got done with just the small room they were doing. I walk in and they're sleeping, and then they hear me walk in and they jump up, saying, "Oh yeah, I'm just do. I just got done. I was out in the door for five minutes and heard them snoring, <laughs> you know." And supervisors have done that too. You have to be able to present yourself by yourself the way you should present in front of a crowd. You shouldn't be hiding and sleeping and doing things on the job when you're by yourself. Maybe there's nothing to do. Call up a su- we should call, I called up a supervisor right away and said, hey, listen, I got this done. I will, uh, what do I do next? What room do I do next? Or what building do I have to move the uh, machinery to? And we, we just keep, and they know that I have a good, uh, it's good integrity because they, tr- they trust me. They all know. Uh, a few days ago, before I came back, my supervisor came up to me and told me, Sam, can you come? Uh, I need to talk to you. And I was really, really worried. I thought I had done something horrible, which I probably didn't. But, uh, and I came, and he's all like, listen, I trust you. you uh, you've had the emergency cleanup phone for over a year now, and you've always answered it, no matter what situation, no matter what you had to go clean up. You've always been there. You've always gone to clean it up. We need someone during church to be on the clock, and all the money, all the time you will be on the clock is all overtime. None of, like it's automatic overtime. It will not be included in your 40 hours a week. And uh, he's like, I'm coming to you first because I know you're able to do it without any supervisors being around. And I trust you enough that I want to give you this opportunity. If you say no, I'll give it to someone else. I told him right away, yes. I was, I was praying already because I wanted the overtime cause for to pay my school. But the... He realized that I was, and I realized that I had done so many things for him and kept my integrity intact without ever them realizing, hey, he's, uh, oh, he's just a lazy worker. He's not going to do it. He, they knew they could trust me. I've, I've shown I was a leader in that perspective for them to say, this guy can actually do the job when it needs to be done, no matter what it is during church. And now I have a position and I have reserved seats in the back of the church. And the ushers will start coming to me saying, hey, listen, there's a cleanup in the bathroom or something. We have able to go do it. The third thing a leader should do, have is love. Proverbs eight seventeen, I love them that love me. And those that seek me early shall find me. How we love is more important than what we know. Uh, the Pharisees in with Jesus' time knew a lot of religion. 
They knew they they were they were really focused. They read the Bible. They read the scriptures every day, but they didn't have love. They did not have love for the people out there. They they were focused way too focused on the scriptures and what they meant physically. They didn't do it really, uh, spiritually, and they didn't love the, like the scriptures the way it should have been. They just wanted to know the material. People don't. People see you and they don't, uh, they don't care what you know or they don't care about what you, what, how smart you are. They care about how much you care for them, how much love you give them in the process of you helping them and learning how to fix a house, learning how to clean carpets, learning how to uh, do, uh, read, uh, read the Bible, uh, showing them how to read the Bible, doing homework, I mean, doing essays for four hours, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Uh, you, the love, showing love is it's hard. It really is because some people annoy you so much you don't want to show them love. You want to show them a, a snuckle sandwich in the face, you know. <laughs> but you have to, no matter what, how the personalities, your personality might clash with someone else's, and it clash real hard, and you might get frustrated and angry with the person. But no matter what, you have to show love. You have to show God's love through you. You have to be able to say, hey, I'll help you with this. And even though they want to teach you how to do it, even though you've been doing it for two years, they come up and they think that you don't know anything. And then you're like, okay, listen, I know I'll teach you. Do it kindly. Don't do it all or probably like, who do you think you are, you know? <laughs> no, you got to do it kindly. you got to calm them down. Like, listen, I've done this for so-and-so years. Or so much time. I know the machinery very well. I, I can help you, but I, I, I don't really need the help. And they'll, they'll back off and they'll, they'll realize, oh, this guy knows what he's doing. Uh, at work, we got a new guy coming in, a freshman from the PCA across the Pensacola Christian Academy. And he started working with us. Well, that happened to me. He, he's, he's, he has a really high-pitched voice. And is kind of very energetic and likes to take leadership. I went and my Bible teacher, Dr. Wolf, he he's working with us, and he was just sitting there. And the guy came up. I came back. I came in to replace another guy because he needed to go uh, do a different project. So I came in, and uh, the machinery that we got was brand new. We had just gotten it a year ago, and they trained me. They I was the first one to be trained on it. So I already knew how to do it. So I came in and I said, I'm Dr. Wolf. And I went over and the guy, Dima, came over and he started trying to help me put it all together. I'm like, ah, it's okay. I know. He's like, oh, no, you got to do this. I'm like, no, no, it's fine. I've, I've worked with this machine. I know how to do it. Uh, it's, I, I like that you're wanting to, but I've already done this for over a year and I, I, can, I can do it myself. And he just like backed off. I'm like, oh, you don't have to worry. I mean, it's fine. I'm, I'm sorry if I offend you, but, you know, I, I've already done this. Uh, if you need help with anything in the machinery or learn any of the chemicals and the, what you need to dilute them with, how much you have to dilute them, let me know. I showed kindness. I showed love to him. I didn't just say, no, back away. I got this. And just go sit down with Dr. Wolf over there. <laughs> Another, okay, the fourth thing. We need to seek good advisors. Proverbs eleven fourteen says, Where no counselor is, the people fall. But in the multitudes of counselors... There is safety. An effective leader should be able to go 
And if they don't know anything, find some people who know what to do and get advice from them. You need to get uh, advisors. You, sometimes we can't do it ourselves. Sometimes we have to go and <clears throat> go and ask people, what do we need to do? What do we need to do to improve? Uh, as, a euphon- as a music major, my instrument's a euphonium. I have to go, and I'm, I don't know any, er, absolutely everything about the euphonium. I'm still learning. I had to go and uh, talk to people on Facebook that are professional euphonium players, message them, say, hey, I need advice to, for my senior recital. I need advice on how to make my tone warmer, my, uh, my high notes clearer, they're not pinchy. I had, to, I had to seek advisors. I went to the school. I talked to four brass uh, uh, majors that were their teachers. They had the directorials and told them, hey, listen, what mouthpiece should I get? What, 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 how should I use my air support and how can I make it longer so I can hold longer notes for longer periods of time? I had to seek advice to become a leader eventually to be able to teach other, other children and other people the instrument or brass instruments because me myself I could not just go and read a book and learn everything I had to physically go and search for people saying hey I need your help you need to be able to lower yourself a little bit and say I need the help I need to seek advisors and try to seek advisors that are godly that are following God that you see oh yeah this guy is a godly person we can't just ask anybody because you go around and if I would have asked a clarinet player he would have had no idea or she would have had no idea you know they play with reeds they play with uh, pieces of wood <clears throat> I play with a brass it's all brass everything completely I have to know how to clean it I, know how to, I have to know how to uh, take care of it with valve oil all these little teeny tiny things that you need to learn you can't dent it because the tone will change you have to it's a lot of things you gotta learn so you have to be able to put yourself in a position where you are willing to go and search for advice for, from any, from <clears throat> usually from your elders because they, they know way more, <coughs> they know way more than what uh, we know as younger, younger, the, the younger generation. The fifth thing, we need to have self-control. Proverbs 28.15, as a roaring lion and a roar, uh, raging bear, so is it. So is a wicked ruler over the poor people. We have to be able to control ourselves, our emotions. We cannot put our emotions in the process in the, when we're leading. Because they, the people you are leading and your followers will end up just keeping, uh, reflecting what your emotions. You've got to keep yourself controlled. You can't be also angry all the time. Because of the fact that the, your, your followers or your workers will end up hating you. Will end up saying, this guy is always angry. I don't know what the problem is with him. He doesn't come and talk to me. You have to have self-control. No matter where you go, no matter what you do, people will always end up making you angry. But you've got to have self-control and control that anger or that frustration. We can't just go out and like fly out go and hurt someone because someone made you mad. You, you have to have the self-control. In one in oneself. Um, number six, awareness of his influence. Uh, Proverbs twenty nine two, when the righteousness are in the uh, in authority, the people rejoice. But when the wicked bear uh, bear bear ruler rule, the people mourn. 
in you, with self-control, you got to be aware in how you influence your peers. Um, you can't just go up to someone and tell them something about the Bible that you have no idea what it is about. You have to be able to go and search and have and have the time alone with God, you know, to be able to him letting you give you the wisdom to know what to tell them. You can't just go around saying things that you don't know yourself for sure. And that's when you seek advisories too. You've got to be able to influence people the way you would want you to influence your kids. Your kids reflect, children reflect what the parents do. You see them everywhere. Uh, at the campus church back in Pensacola, you see all the little children come out and you know the way, by the way they act who their parents are and the way their parents act. I, I have a, a guy named Ben. He has a little, a little five-year-old. His boy acts exactly just like his father. And sometimes it's bad because sometimes his, uh, the little boy doesn't, uh, I mean, little children don't know how to be quiet. But at the same time, the father doesn't either. <laughs> and uh, and then he's, he will say something to offend someone, and dad's laughing in the background and saying, stop, stop. But he's cracking up laughing. You have influence in little children. Even as a Sunday school teacher for children, you have the influence on the children. They will, they will mimic the Sunday school teacher. They will mimic, or in the schools, they will mimic the teacher. When they play, uh, when little kids, when they play... Uh, school at home they will mimic their teacher they'll say oh, they'll, you start seeing them walking around acting like their teacher as a teacher you got to be able to influence your children in a good way not in a bad way because then they'll be reflected and then you'll have problems you have phone calls saying hey my daughter's doing or son is doing this this and this why are you doing this in class say, he or she is saying what you're doing same thing with working in the, like in the company you got to be able to influence people in the godly ways, showing that you have peace in your heart. You're able to uh, work without losing control of your emotions in the whole thing. And that way people say, oh, listen, this is a guy, a worker. I should be more like him and, be, and maybe even be able to talk to him about words of God and get them saved. Because they'll, they'll come to you and say, hey, how do you do this? How do you be able to uh, self-control yourself? You have to be aware of your influence on other people at all times. Number seven is compassion. Proverbs, 20, uh, Proverbs 29, 25 says, The fear of man bringeth a snare, but whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. The greatest freedom for us is... Uh, and I just lost Not... <laughs> Not, uh, not, well, the greatest freedom for us is not to prove or to impress someone. You shouldn't be able to be working or, or doing anything and trying to do it to impress the people or to uh, prove a point to someone. You should do it because God put it in you and God said, hey, I want you to be compassionate to this person in this way. Without proving, oh yeah, I'm a compassionate person. I can go and I can talk to anybody and I can be this guy. You have to be able to show yourself and be the person that God wants you to be. Jesus modeled, uh, is a model for us in the case that he always put time for the poor, for the uh, outcasts, and for the children. He always, he showed, he didn't do it because he wanted to uh, show off. He loved children. 
He loved the poor. He loved the outcasts. He loved everyone. He wanted to show that no matter what and no matter what condition a person is in, you have to love them. You might hate the sin they're in, but you have to show compassion to them so they, they see God's love in you, God's grace, God's wisdom. No matter what sin they're in, you've got to be able to go and, say, and talk to them and have a good conversation. Because if not, how can you go around saying that you have God's grace and God's wisdom and God's uh, love when you can't love a person that is in deep, deep sin? Yeah, we, can, we shouldn't mingle with them, but that doesn't mean you should hate them. That doesn't mean you should be uh, pushing and casting them away. You should, be able, you should be looking forward to talking to them to pull them out of the sin and get them saved and, uh, so they can go to heaven with Jesus. You should, be able to, you should be wanting that passion to go out there and talk to people that are in, huge, in like a deep, deep in sin and you just want to pull them. You, go, you want to see them become a new person. You want to see God in them, the Holy Spirit in them and just the way you see in other people in your church. You want to be able to just make them a new person. Make them just fix what they have wrong. Fix the sin they have in their life. <clears throat> now, number eight. Another thing, number eight for leadership characteristics is no need for public approval. In Proverbs uh, 29, oh, wow, I... Search those around. Okay, compassion was Proverbs twenty nine fourteen. The king that faithfully judges the poor, his throne shall be established forever. Now, number eight, no, no need for public approval. That's Proverbs twenty nine twenty five. For the fear of God, man bringeth a snare, but who so putteth his t- uh, trust in the Lord shall be safe. Um, we can't. Go forward and become a leadership because you just want to want the public to see you as a, a leader. You you don't want to get you just don't want to be the, the guy that pulls people just because you want to have a popularity. You don't want to be a, a preacher or a pastor or a Sunday school teacher where you go and pull people in just so you can have more people in the in the room. You got to go out there and and try to pull them in in the process of you gaining and having them to get saved for the Lord, not for you to have a popularity saying, oh, I want uh, so-and-so, so much people in, the, in Sunday and in church every day. I mean, it's nice. It's nice when the, this church is filled to the brim and we have to have people bringing in chairs and, stuff and all these things. But we've got to remember that as the church, members of the church, we, ha- we are the leaders for anyone that comes in there as a visitor. We, we have to show compassion. We have to show, hey, we have to be able to... Our goal, ultimately, is to get them safe for the Lord. Let them follow. It doesn't matter if we have 100 people or 5 people that are guests. We treat them exactly the same way, the way you would treat the one guest or 100 guests. With kindness, with passion, with... That Holy Spirit in you, them saying, yeah, there, yeah, there's something in that church. That that will not <clears throat> come to them if they see people fighting inside the church. That will not. I mean, they see people staring at each other wrongly. They see people gossiping. They see people not saying hi to other members. You can't do that. You absolutely cannot do that. 
people will come in and see that maybe one person does a dirty look to another uh, church member. What happens? That guest sees it, gone. He'll say, oh, there's a problem in that church. Oh, there's, uh, they, they don't like this person. Why should I go? There's no compassion in there. No matter what, what happens, you got to have grace. You gotta, when a visitor comes in, show them kindness. Show them there is love in, in God's people. Yes, there's going to be people talking about you. Yes, there's going to be mil- like th- hundreds of people just don't like you for some weird reason. I know I have a few people back in school that don't like me. I don't know why. I'm such a kind person. So. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, but no matter what, you gotta, you got to be able to go up to them and just say hi. You cannot show hatred or uh, dislike in, within each other. And when we were in, uh, when, we st- when we started the pet band in, the PC, in, Penn- in PCC, we had to show each other we have to. Whenever we get someone new, we always take care of them. We're always pushing them. We're always like making friends. But we don't hate each other. We have to. Make, we have to show that we all like each other, even though maybe sometimes there's a little fight in the middle. No matter what, you gotta show kindness. You gotta show, hey, I like to be here. This is fun. Same way in the church. You gotta come. Yes, maybe there's someone that gives you dirty looks. Maybe there's someone that hates you flat out that you know hates you. You gotta sit there and just wait. Let it sit. Let it just. It'll eventually pass. The Lord will guide you. The Lord will be there by your side the whole time. You don't need to worry about someone liking you. If they don't like you, oh well. You know, it, let them be. It's just go up to them, say hi, once, say hi, be nice, and just walk away. You don't have to start a real conversation with them. You don't have to be super kind. Just show kindness. Be kind to that person, but you can't. <clears throat> Show the, the hatred inside that you have or that they have. Even You should be able to love them no matter what. Okay? That's God's grace. God loves every single one of us no matter what sin we're in, no matter what position we're in, no matter what hatred we have. He still loves us. He cares for us. <clears throat> so we should just... And that's the whole thing. The public will see it. And if you don't show the love... <clears throat> People will come and say, oh, this church is just like any other church. You know, they, they hate each other. Oh, there's people conflicting. I don't want to be a part of it if the church splits. You know, it's, it's happened. And I, I've talked to Bible teachers who their church splits because one person gave, gave dirty looks to the other person. Or the whole, like, the whole time they've been there. Then they never talk. They never cross paths. They never shake hands. They avoid each other no matter where they're at. And the church ends up splitting because that person takes away half the church and then the other one stays here. You can't do that. You just cannot be such... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> you can't be that... Well, you can't be that person. You just cannot... You have to be loving, kind, kind to, to no matter who does wrong to you in the, whole, the whole time. Number nine is moderation. Uh, turn to Proverbs 31, 4 through 5. Proverbs 31, 4 through 5. And it says, It is not for kings, O Lemuel, it is not for kings to drink wine, nor for princes strong drink. Lest they drink and forget the law and 
pervert the judgment of any of the uh, uh, afflicted. And here it's talking about heavy drinking and how we shouldn't heavy drink at all. Because when you heavy drink and when a person is drunk, they mistake everything. They forget all the rules they have in their life. They forget Everything they learn and everything they are showing, they're moderate, they have good moderation, they go on and completely throw it out the window and do things they would never do in their lives. And then when they wake up, they have a huge hanger, a hangover, and they regret a lot of things they did the night before. Leaders who, uh, who are heavy drinkers, and not even heavy drinkers, just do things out of moderation. Just go on and show like show beyond uh, hatred for a person because just because they actually show the hatred for that person they actually go around we can't do that yeah you might hate them but you have to show love you always have to show love that's the whole thing love will as a leader love is one of the most important things you got to show as a person because you showing love will prove that you have God's uh, God's love inside you you're willing to love any person and you're willing to help any person without losing losing control of yourself, or showing people um, the job position you have is way higher than theirs, and pulling and making them feel lower about themselves, make them feel just like they're just the lowest of the low. You can't, you can't. You have to be able to pull them in and just say, hey. I will show you compassion, I'll, but in the moderation, I'm not going to show you too much. But eventually, I'll grow to the point where I will love you, no matter what sin you're in. And the tenth thing and final thing is being submiss- submissive to God. Uh, Proverbs 21, verse, verse 1 says, the, king, the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. As the rivers of water, he turneth it whithersoever he will. The most important characteristic, I believe, overall, is being submissive to God. Being willing, putting your life in God's hands. Going to the point in your life where you're like, you know what? I am done trying to be, do my, do the life the way I want to do it. I want to stop, put my life in your hands, Lord. No matter what happens, you take control. You go and do what you want with me in, uh, in my life for your glory. Ultimately, God wants to use you for His glory. For, to show the world that you're His. That you have the Holy Ghost inside you. And to glorify Him in everything you do, no matter what. Uh, when I went to Pensacola, when I left two years ago, about second semester of my first year, I still was doing things my way. I was wanting to do what I wanted to do, what I wanted. I, I was doing things what I wanted, not what God wanted. It got to the point where there was just things, one thing was happening after another, after another, and I just, I was tired. Summer came along, and I stayed over there, and I just sat down one day, and I was like, you know what, I can't keep doing this. I can't keep fighting God. And I, I, I submitted. I really, I put. I was like, you know what, Lord, it's time. I'm done trying to do what I want to do. I'm going to do what you want to do. 
if that means I have to change my major, I will change it. If that means I have to start finding new friends, I will find new friends. But show me what you want me to do. Show me what you want for my life. I completely surrendered my life to the Lord. And the Lord showed me that he wants me to stay in, in music. And because and one thing after another always leads me back to music. I've been, and during the summer, I got called last summer many times to go perform for a group of, pe- for a group of uh, people in nursing homes. Uh, they're like, hey, listen, we're starting a group, brass group. We need a uh, little brass player. Could you come? I went. I, people were telling me, hey, we need a little brass, brass player for the orchestra concert they have over the summer for music camp. Uh, and they're like, we really need another little brass player. And I, I, I went there. Over this, over this past year, I was in orchestra, band, uh, brass ensemble, four different small ensembles. I mean, I kept getting calls saying, hey, I need, we need you to hear. We need you here. Maybe not as a, uh, just as a brass player, but as a percussionist player. We need you to come and play timpani, snare, bells, uh, marimba. And I was always there. People were always coming to me and saying, hey, we need more people, pulling people. Um, starting, we wanted to start a marching band. And they, they actually asked me, hey, could you come and help us play the song to pr- prove that we have the capability and the talents here at the school. And then we went and we re- we, I arranged the piece for them. And we... Uh, <coughs> We went and performed, but they told us they want the pep band bigger uh, before we started marching band. But in the process, the Lord has showed me that you putting your your life in His hands, He will, no matter what situation you're in, no matter where you're going, no matter what you're doing, He has your back. He has He's there for you, no matter what. And it's just, it's great because you go around and you see people struggling and you want to tell them to submit to God, but they won't because they just have that inside them. They have to know it themselves. They have to be willing themselves to do it. And it's just great because I've met many people now who have improved my spiritual uh, growth with the Lord. I mean, because ever since I started, I submitted myself to the Lord. He's put people in my life who I know will help me grow in Him. And anything I do is always will be for Him. And it just feels great. When I need something, the Lord provides. I've seen it many times. I'm not in debt. Many of my friends that were here, they're in like $40,000 debt. They're beyond debt in college. I'm here. I could say right now, right here, the Lord has provided with a great family who has helped me a lot through these past two years. And I could say I am debt-free from college. I have no debt with them. I'm able to pay every year fully, just all the money straight. I'm able to provide, God's provided me with music. Me buy, uh, some, I've had little jobs here and there where I do jobs and I get the money to go buy my music uh, for, for performing. Uh, like right now I have to uh, there's a lot of music I have to buy and it's a ridiculous amount I have to pay for it but slowly the Lord's have been providing me the money and I've been able to go and buy a piece one piece or two pieces at a time and it's just wonderful the way the Lord has helped me and I give back I always give back all this music I'm getting all this all these uh, all this uh, like paying the bills on time I will give back to the Lord once I start teaching. 
I will start going and I'll be able to teach students and lead them to the Lord, the students that need it the most, students that want to be, uh, that don't know anything about the Lord. I can put, pull them and show them the way. So uh, with that, I uh, would uh, close in a word of prayer and we can have a little break. Uh, thank you, Lord, for this wonderful day you've given us, Lord. Just uh, 